Welcome back to Storyteller Station. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood. It is lovely here, a bit hot, but I will take it. I love the sunshine. I like to be warm. So hey, I'm going to I'm going to go with it. <laughs> well, if you didn't catch it, the last two episodes have been my interview with Jonathan Rand. He is a prolific author from Northern Michigan. I couldn't even tell you how many books this man has written since 2009. Maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred, anywhere from a hundred to 150, I would think. I got to check back with him. He did say that one of his staff um, had counted them up and, and had made mention to him, hey, did you know you've written this many books? So um, I just think that that's funny that even he's lost track. <laughs> Anyway, um, just just by way of announcement, um, I am about to select a, to, to um, kind of solidify a relaunch date for Finding Myself Facing Cancer, Making Meaning in the Midst of Multiple Cancer Experiences. So that will be re-released. That will be the second edition of the book. I've added more pictures. I added some... A part of the story about my skin cancer. And so there's just more in there. I had the cover redesigned. And along with that, I will also be relaunching Keeping It Together, A Patient's Companion Through Decision Making. And that book is actually free to download when you purchase Finding Myself Facing Cancer. So that's kind of fun. And then if you purchase the workbook by itself, there is actually a free download for a guided relaxation from yours truly. And this is something that I specialize in. It was a lot different leading a guided relaxation in a recording studio <laughs> and then it is, you know, when I'm sitting on my couch and it's nice and comfy and my client is comfy and I can look at them, you know, and kind of pace the whole thing based on how my client is responding and that kind of thing. So it was, it was a little bit of a challenge for me, but hopefully it will be a good tool or a good resource for anyone that's just struggling with anxiety, depression, overwhelming thoughts, stress, that kind of thing. It's just meant to kind of quiet your mind, quiet your body, and center you. So check that out, and I will keep you posted as to when those relaunches will be scheduled. I had better have a date for you next week because I would like to relaunch in August. So hang in there. So as you can see in the description for today, this is a solo show and I will be reading from Finding Myself Facing Cancer 2nd Edition in a little bit. But first I wanted to talk uh, with you about starting with the end in mind, and particularly when we're talking about plotting. So when I 
first started writing, I thought for sure I was a pantser. And for those of you who are maybe not as familiar with some of the jargon or lingo in the independent independent author world, and maybe maybe traditionally published authors speak the same way about things, but um, you are either, you tend to, your writing style is either you plot your story, so you plan it out, or your pantser, which means you just kind of feel your way through a story and see what happens. Um, and some people call themselves <laughs> plancers or yeah, I think it's planter or pants. It's like plotter and pantser mashup <laughs> because in some ways they they do plot, but then in other ways they just kind of are a little more loose. And so if it's a spectrum and plotting is on one end and pantsing is on the other, I am probably somewhere in the middle, maybe a little bit more toward the plotting because I do tend to plot out the story. So here are some ideas for you if you are just kind of starting to get your ideas together or if you are like, okay, I am writing my book this year or, you know, I want, I want to know more about how I can get this idea out of my head. Here's kind of like my process and my recommendation for you if that's where you're at. Now, also, I would say that if on the spectrum you are more towards a pantser, but have found the writing process extremely frustrating, I would encourage you to perhaps try plotting because really that's where I was at. I thought, no, I want a free flow. I just want to be a pantser. I don't want to have to worry about all this structure. I just want to, you know, enjoy the story. Well, what I found was I was really struggling. And I think that people who talk about writer's block, I think maybe that's because they're relying too heavily on their pantsing. Like they just want to experience the story. But I do think that there is an element to storytelling in writing where it's a, there's a space where you have to plan. You have to plan a bit, especially if you're writing in a series. So for me, as I'm writing in a nine books fantasy, middle grade fantasy series, I know that I'm already in some ways as I'm writing book one, I'm still, I'm already writing parts of book two. In book two, I was already writing parts of book three. And y'all, I just finished my first draft of my third book. So I have just you know, been writing the fourth book. I don't have that many words, but especially if you're writing in a series, you have to plot what's going to happen at what point. Because if you don't know where you're headed, it's going to be very hard to just, to make your way there, if that, if that makes sense. It's, it's better to start with the end in mind where you're like, okay, my characters need to get here. And I know all of this stuff needs to happen in the meantime. So, so then the question just becomes, all right, well, where do I start? And sometimes you start the book in one place, but then end up rearranging it. And that's why one of my things that I like to say is I'm a puzzler. Because in the plotting process, I don't necessarily feel like I have a super firm grip on 
the whole story, like how it's going to progress. I know the things that need to happen so I can write all those down. I know where we need to end up, so that's fine too. But then it's like taking all of those pieces and putting them together like a puzzle. So I don't necessarily go into a story and think, oh, okay, well, this will happen, then that'll happen, then this will happen, then that, and then there's the ending. It, it, it doesn't work that way for me. There, and I'm sure there are some people who can do that, but I, I surely can't. And I've heard some ways of plotting if you want to be a little more on the pantsing end of things where there's an act one, act two, act three. And then you just plug in your scenes, so to speak, into each of those acts. And so if you, you want your climax to be at the end of act two, then, you know, you know where you need to plug it in or whatever the case may be. If you're writing in a series, the, you're most likely going to have a little bit of a cliffhanger toward the end of the book. So if you're kind of looking at act one, act two, act three you're going to have like something pretty dramatic typically at the end of the book to kind of lead them into the next book. So that's the acts, acts one, two, or three. That's, that's one way. The way that I do it is I like to develop my characters. So I'll write things about the character. I probably don't go as in-depth as some authors. I know some authors actually do like personality tests for, for their, um, their characters or, you know, they know everything about them. If I know their, what they like, what they don't like, if I know what their strengths are, their weaknesses, their birth date, the color of their eyes, the color of their hair, and maybe even how tall they are, then I'm happy. Like that, that's like, oh, okay, that's a person, you know? And then I also like to consider relationships. Like, okay, she's the daughter of this king and the, where did the king come from? And kind of do like a family tree so that I have a good solid foundation. And it's easier to write that way if you have all of this information up front. And that's where I say, pantsing might might lend itself a little more to what people like to call writer's block. And I think it's just a matter of maybe you don't know your characters well enough, or maybe you don't know where you're headed. You haven't started with the end in mind, and that can lead to writer's block. So I'm talking about fiction right now, but the same works for nonfiction. You have to sit down and decide what are the key points I'm trying to make in this book. And if you're going to start with the end in mind, the end is the takeaway. If you are writing a nonfiction book, chances are you are addressing a problem that people have. You're teaching them something. You are giving them something. There, there's a takeaway. So that is the end for you in a nonfiction book. And everything that you say until that point leads up to the takeaway. So just think about the problem and the answer. And then, because the beginning of your nonfiction book is going to basically be the statement of the problem. And then the last of your book is going to be the, uh, for lack of a better word, the solution. 
Okay, like your takeaway, what you're giving them to address this problem. And then you have to write what are all my main points in between. And that would be a really good outline. And some people say they like, you know, a 5,000 word outline. I'm like, wow, 5,000 words. (laughs) I don't think of it in terms of how long it is. I think of it in terms of did I get everything out there that needs to be out there? Because if I missed an important conversation, if I missed an important event, then that's an issue. But if it's just a matter of, you know, um, the little things that you'll plug in later, then I don't worry about that. So I, what I do is I obviously start with the end in mind, but then I go back and I'm like, okay, this needs to happen. And I'll write, I'll say like chapter one, even though it's not chapter one, because nine times out of 10, it's going to get rerouted. And all of my fantasy books start with a prologue. And it just helps with the story because there's a little bit of a flashback. And and so then you understand more about the story that's about to be told. So then, um, so you write your prologue or you write in what needs to happen in the prologue. Chapter one, a paragraph. Chapter two, paragraph. And so I just basically write a paragraph about what needs to happen in each chapter. And then I can go back and say, oh, yeah, so this person needs to have a conversation with this person. That's how it's going to lead. And then I just cut keep building it up and then I can go back in and I can write the whole chapter. And again, it's the same with nonfiction. If I have a good solid out, like a each chapter would have like an outline, like bullet points, because I'd be like, okay, if I'm dressing, addressing anxiety, then, you know, I want to talk about triggers and stressors and I want to talk about um, biology and physiology, uh, the physiology of anxiety and then, you know, reducing symptoms and, you know, and so I, I need to have those bullet points so I know what's happening in that chapter. And then you can go from there. It'll be easier to write into. And you can probably imagine a lot less likely that you're going to get, quote unquote, stuck. You will. And, and uh, okay, so maybe I'm being a little too harsh. Don't think I have it all together. Okay, you guys. Um no, but I think what what I'm trying to say here is even like in the fiction, I will say there are times when I'm like, but wait a minute, like, why does he care what she says? And I have to think about motive or I have to think about like why this would be happening or, you know, that kind of thing. And if I can't figure it out yet and I'm kind of just like my mind is like spinning on like a hamster in a wheel and I'm not getting anywhere, then I will stop there. I highlight my last paragraph like, yo girl, you got to come back to this. And then I move somewhere else. And then just start writing into something that, you know, is, is already fresh or, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I know how to, I can pick up here. So there are points when I get stuck. It's not that. It's just that, um, typically if you've got things laid out, planned out, plotted out, you're going to be in pretty good shape to get a first draft done. So me, for as little as I write, I will have to say that a first draft takes probably about three months. 
And now that my kids are going back to school, though, I'm really going to try to hit it harder. And I thought the same thing last year, but we'll see. Because then the days I'm not in my office, I feel like I should be writing at least a couple hours every day. But, um, you know, this this kind of leads into another, another little... Eh, I'm going to save it for another episode. Like, how often should you write? And and that that whole topic of, you know, habits, writing habits and etc. So I'll save that for another episode. But for now, I hope I, I've made this clear without, you know, over <laughs> overstating everything, um, that beginning with the end in mind can be a very powerful approach to whatever it is you're writing. So I hope that helps. I hope that, um, yeah, I hope that helps. So now what I'd like to do is I would like to switch gears for you. And I would like to read from Finding Myself Facing Cancer. And it's interesting. Here I am talking about starting with the end in mind. And you guys, anyone who knows anything about cancer understands you don't really know what the end is going to be. But I believe in the afterword that you're about to hear, I did communicate a takeaway. And even though, like I said, I knew with this project, not necessarily in the cancer experience, but I knew in this project that I really wanted to try to communicate hope, even in the midst of something that can be so scary and that's life-threatening. So hopefully you hear that in this reading and I hope that you are encouraged and even inspired through my words this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're hearing this. <laughs> Just be inspired and be encouraged, okay? That, that's the takeaway. All right, so without further ado, here is the afterword of finding myself facing cancer, making meaning in the midst of multiple cancer experiences, second edition. July 10th, 2019. The book you're holding in your hand is a redesign of the original book that was published in February of 2018. Since that time, the adventure has continued. Because there was more to the story that needed to be said, and some changes I wanted to make to the design, the project became what you see now. I also added the subtitle, Making Meaning in the Midst of Multiple Cancer Experiences, to further express what the book is about and highlighting the fact that I have a few cancer experiences to share. In September of 2018, I was diagnosed with basal cell carcinoma, a form of skin cancer, on the side of my nose. This required nose reconstruction surgery. My poor body has been reconstructed all over the place. All of the cancer was removed the day of the surgery, and I have not had any problems since. But the emotional impact of yet another cancer diagnosis cannot be downplayed. This diagnosis affected me every time I looked in the mirror, 
And the almost invisible scar I bear on the side of my nose continues to remind me that cancer is not such a distant memory. My body is a patchwork quilt of scars, a roadmap of the memories of cancer, surgeries, treatments, and recovery that have all been a part of my story. The possibility of cancer returning or re-entering my life is never far from my mind, but I cannot let fear of the thing rule my life. I do not let it. I remember that restoration and healing come. Acts seventeen twenty four through 25 and verse 28 say, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. For in him we live and move and exist. I rest in the fact that nothing will happen to me that is not within the scope of God's attention and control. So I do not live in fear. I celebrate every day and am thankful for health and every provision in my life. I'm thankful for my four healthy children and their strong father who is my dearest companion and support. These men in my life bring me joy and love beyond words. I'm grateful for healthy parents and every moment spent with them. I thank God for and am careful to recognize even the, quote, little blessings in my life, including our high mileage minivan or my favorite shirt or the sun shining in my window. All things are glorious gifts from above, and I acknowledge them as such. In this life, there will be trouble, struggle, pain, and loss. But through it all, I will keep my eyes fixed on God and choose to trust Him. For me, that is the only way to survive and thrive. It is the only way to truly find myself. The only way to make sense and meaning in the midst of it all. There you have it, friends, all that I have to offer you today. I hope that you found something inspiring, encouraging in my words today, and I hope that you have even felt empowered to tell your own story and just to to value your story. And I look forward to talking to you again soon here on the Storyteller Station. In the meantime, if you would like to be in contact with me or have any questions and maybe even would like to offer to be on the program, please let me know. You can find me at Sarah with an H, Fenlon, F-E-N-L-O-N, Falk, F-A-L-K dot com. And you can leave a message. You can listen to the podcast there. You can get free stuff. You can find a lot of resources and um, the show notes for this podcast episode. So thanks again for stopping by. And I look forward to seeing you next time on Storyteller Station.